0: Good morning, friends, and welcome to West. I'm Angela Burris, and I'm one of the pastors that is just delighted to call West home. We are so glad that you are worshiping with us this morning, or maybe you're listening to our podcast or our YouTube channel at a different time, but wherever or whenever you are listening to us, we are so glad that you are choosing to spend some time with us. If you're newer here at West, we'd like to invite you to text the number that is on your screen. If you can't see the number that's on your screen, you're invited to text 704-343-8955. That was 704 343 8955, five, and text the word welcome, and we will welcome you as part of our community here at West, and send you a free gift as a token of our appreciation. And then you can decide how much communication that you would like to receive from West. This morning, we are continuing our message series, The Ripple Effect. We've been talking about how we can live our best lives and be our best selves and therefore having that ripple effect on the world around us. We've talked about the importance of having vision, of self-giving love, of wisdom. Last week, Andrea talked about the importance of unity, especially among followers of Jesus in this very divided world we find ourselves living in. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of accountability rather than disregard. So I want you to take a minute and think about, do we actually need accountability in our spiritual lives, or can we just go about them on our own with total disregard for others? Do we need other people to grow in our faith? I invite you to think about those questions and prepare for worship as you listen to this song. We'll I grew up in a really rural part of North Carolina, a place where there really wasn't a whole lot to do for teens if a football game or if there wasn't some sort of school-sponsored activity. Now, most of us had part-time jobs and so that kept us mostly out of trouble, but in our free time, we still managed to get into a little mischievousness. Now, one of I and my friends, our, our favorite pastime was rolling yards. Do you guys know what that is, right? I wanna see how many staff here has rolled a yard. Oh, I have no hands up in here. Um, under the cover of darkness, you go to someone's yard, a friend, someone that you like, you, you wouldn't waste this on, a, on an enemy, so it is somebody that you like, and you throw rolls of toilet paper up into trees until the trees look like they're decorated for a yard party. Now, our 16-year-old brains, we could have never imagined a day when toilet paper would be such a high-priced commodity as here in 2020. But one night, we got caught by a friend's mother who came home and caught us in the action. We all ran, and we piled into my best friend's car, and we took off. We decided this was an omen that it was best to call it a night, and so we all headed home. Now my parents were always in bed when I got home, so it wasn't unusual for the house to be dark, but I knew something was up as I was tiptoeing into my room. I heard my dad's voice from the end of the hallway out of the darkness say, so what did you guys do tonight? Now, we've all been there at some point, right? When you get those butterflies in your stomach and you know that the honest answer is not going to go over very well. Thankfully, he couldn't see my face because I'm not a very good liar. And so I replied, we went to the movies. To which he replied, what did you see? Now that's odd my mind is racing at this point because you see my dad would have never ever asked what i saw he could have cared less but i'm frantically also trying to remember what movies are showing in that two movie cinema town after i named some movie he said all from the darkness of my parents bedroom at the end of the hall that must have been a really good movie because so-and-so's mother just called and said, you were just at her house rolling her yard. She wants you to come over and clean up right now. Boom. <laughs> my friend's mom had called our house at 10.30, unless you don't call anybody after nine, right? She'd called at 10.30 to tell my parents where their kid was and what she was doing. Talk about accountability in a small town. But I wasn't the only one involved here. So I called my best friend who had just dropped me off. Now, folks, remember, I'm going to date myself. This was in the time before cell phones. She had just dropped me off and she had not arrived home yet. So by calling her, I woke her parents up and I told them, hey, this is what we've been doing. This is what has happened. When she gets home, can you tell her to turn around and come back and pick me up so we can go clean this up? (laughs) I mean, if I have to be accountable, I don't want to be accountable by myself, right? Most all of us have someone that we are accountable to, whether that is our spouse or our children or our friends. We're accountable to bosses and staffs and co-workers and coaches and counselors. We're even accountable to our pets when they want to go out at four in the morning, Now, sometimes we need accountability because there's no other way that we would reach a desired goal or an an outcome that we're looking for. For instance, a few years ago, I was really wanting to go back to the gym. I even paid for two years straight, I paid for my gym membership, and I never once went. So paying for it was not enough motivation. So I called my old college roommate who lived in the area and I proposed that she and I start going to the gym together. If she would drive to my house, then I would drive us to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. Now I knew better than not be up and dressed when she got to my house and she knew better that she better not text me if I was already up at 5.30 in the morning to say she wasn't coming. Our arrangement worked out beautifully. We ended up going to the gym, working out, but our relationship also deepened in the process. Sadly, I must confess to you that today I have a healthy lifestyle app on my phone and it is not nearly as effective nor fun. So all this accountability reminds me of our passage today from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is this um, a collection of sayings in the wisdom literature in the Bible. So I invite you to hear these uh, words. They should be on your screen. Uh, From chapter four, verses nine through 12. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps, but if there's no one to help, well, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you are unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. This writer, as they are reflecting on life and what it is that makes life good. They're reflecting on the importance of friends and how much better life is with friends. Of having someone to be accountable to or for. Because you see, when life knocks you down, and it will, you have someone to share that burden with you. When you're lonely, you have a friend who can come and sit with you. And without that person, or two, or three, or several, Well, life is just tougher than it has to be. But accountability isn't all flowers and posies. Actually, we don't always like accountability. I certainly didn't like hearing my dad's voice from the end of the dark hallway. Accountability is not a popular word in our society. Most of us do not like to find ourselves justifying or explaining ourselves It's not always fun to be responsible or to answer to someone. For instance, I don't know anyone who ever appreciates the accountability of an IRS audit. Am I right? But when we start talking about accountability among Christians, people can get really nervous. I don't need anybody. I can do it for myself. My faith is between me And my Jesus, nobody else. Now let me be clear. If a non-Christian asked me if they had to attend church or be in a small group to know God, I would say absolutely not. One doesn't have to go to church or listen online or worship online in order to earn God's favor. God loves you simply for who you are and where you are and there's nothing that you have to do to receive that grace. However, if you profess to be a follower of Jesus, my answer would be very different. You see, Scripture teaches us over and over again the importance of being with others. You see, similar to our Ecclesiastes passage, the writers of Proverbs they note numerous times throughout the book of Proverbs. It's that book right behind Psalms, kind of right in the middle of your Bible. And the writers of Proverbs, they see the importance of having people around you. For instance, Proverbs eleven fourteen 14. It reads, without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. And then we have Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans go wrong. But with many advisors, they succeed. You see a pattern here, don't you? And then Proverbs 27, 17, you use steel to sharpen steel. And one friend sharpens another. In other words, we need others in order to be the best person that God has created us to be. Accountability helps us when Now it's really easy just to think that God is satisfied if we just simply live decent lives. We go to work, we take care of our families, we pay our bills, we mind our own business and we disregard those around us. Because let's be honest. We don't want anybody up in our business, right? Most of us would rather not confess our weaknesses or our struggles or our poor choices. But often, it's what happens in secret that gets us in trouble. It's that extra glass of wine or two or three when no one's watching. It's that little text or that little email that goes out that you'd rather your your spouse not see. It's that depression that you work so hard to keep hidden. It's that addiction that takes over, whether that's porn or spending or gambling, whatever kind of addiction is secret. But you see, when we share these with others, it takes the power away. That's why AA works. You, they share their weaknesses, the struggles, the secrets, and they share them with others who walk that walk with them so they're not alone now throughout scripture we see how people are stronger and better when they're together when they're responsible to and for others i mean think about moses and aaron or samuel and eli or ruth and naomi or paul and silas or even paul and barnabas i could go on but there are just so many examples of how it is that we're stronger together but we have to be careful at the same time because sometimes we can get accountability wrong and we get it wrong when we begin judging another's failure when we judge them for what they have done we have to be really careful when we're in that sacred place and someone is confessing their failure or their shortcoming to you that we not blame them that we not shame them but instead that we reach out a hand in compassion and in empathy. Because accountability is more than just calling somebody out for their bad choice. It's about sharing that pain. It's about celebrating the wins. It's about asking the questions. Ultimately, accountability is about relationships. You really can't have accountability without having relationships. A few years ago, a friend and I, we found ourselves in the same geographic location here in Western North Carolina, and we made a pact to be prayer partners, accountability partners, to hold one another accountable, to ask the hard questions, how is it with your soul this week? How can I pray for you? And we said we would set aside time each Wednesday to do this. Now, I love my friend dearly, but she has or had a really nasty habit of being late. It could be just a few minutes late, or it could be 30 minutes late. If we were going on a retreat and she said, I'll be there Monday, it would always be at least Tuesday before she got there. Now, (laughs) again, I love my friend dearly, but this got to be annoying and we could joke about it, but she was still late. As I was rearranging my schedule to be there, I didn't understand why she couldn't do the same. And I felt like she wasn't valuing my time as I sat there waiting in parking lots for her often. And if I'm honest, I felt like I wasn't important enough for her to make the adjustments to her schedule to be with me. So then, one day, a very important day, she had agreed to come and help me do something. And I needed, and I was counting on her help. Three hours later, she calls me to say, what time was I supposed to be there? Yeah, I was pretty angry. And I had some choices to make. I could either write this relationship off and we could be acquaintances. I could suck it up and not say anything or I could talk to her and hold her accountable. So after lots of soul searching and prayer and belly aches and tears, I finally realized that I needed to talk to her. It's one of the hardest conversations I've ever had because I was afraid that I would lose her as my friend. I was vulnerable and I explained what it felt like sitting around waiting what it felt like to be an afterthought. I took a chance and I was honest. I had to trust that God had called us into this pact together and that God would get us through it. Afterwards, we both had a newfound appreciation for our friendship and we still do. Our friendship is deeper than it has ever been before, and we still hold one another accountable, even though these days we are across the country. It's a different kind and a deeper kind of accountability, but if I'd never had that first conversation, I don't know that we would be where we are today. Accountability is what we need to grow in the faith. Being accountable is part of being a follower of Christ. You see, ultimately, we are accountable to God for our actions, that's true. But according to Jesus, we are also all part of the same body. And the Apostle Paul talks about this and he tries to make it clear in his letter to the Corinthians by using the body as an illustration to show just how much we, just how connected we really are to one another. So I invite you to hear these words from 1 Corinthians 12. Verses 20 and 21 and then 26. As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Folks, we need each other. The biblical model calls us into relationship with one another. We're called to be answerable to someone other than ourselves while at the same time holding others accountable. So think about this illustration that Paul gives us. When you hit your funny bone, despite the fact that it is never funny, your whole body feels it. Your whole body gets in on the action. You feel the pain that radiates up your whole arm. Your back bends over as you double over in pain. You bite your lip or you, your mouth gets into it by screaming in pain. Your hand instantly goes to the funny bone that you hit. You see, if one hurts, we all hurt. And similarly, if one person wins, we all win. God never called us to be isolated, solo followers. Solo cups are good. Solo followers are not. When Jesus Christ sent out his disciples, he didn't send them to go out in ones. He sent them in pairs so they would have someone to be accountable to. So in closing today, we all need people to challenge us because we all have fallen short. We all have weaknesses that cause us to make bad decisions and bad choices. And it's those true friends in our lives that hold us accountable. Greg Jones, who is the dean of the Duke Divinity School, he gave this example of what a true friend really is one day and it has stuck all those years ago. He talks about a true friend as one who helps us recognize the gifts that we don't want to claim and to see the vices we'd rather overlook. You see, he was really good at coaching little league softball, baseball, little league, is it softball or baseball? baseball? He was really good at coaching Little League, but the Little League practices were on Saturday afternoon, the same time Duke played basketball, and he said, I would rather stay at home cheering for my team on my couch with my favorite snacks in my underwear. And his wife pointed out, but you're really good at coaching Little League baseball. You see, that's what a true friend is. A true friend is the one who helps us recognize the gifts that we would really rather not claim and to see the vices that we would rather overlook. So take a minute this morning and ask yourself, what relationships do you have? If you want to be the best that God has called you to be, then find someone who is willing to challenge you to ask those tough questions. You can Google accountability questions and you can even have questions if you need a guide. My challenge to you though is to think about your relationships and find, make sure you have these three relationships. One, that you have a senior seasoned person, almost like a sponsor, someone who can help you someone who's traveled a little farther down the road than you have, someone who can give you some wisdom, that you have an accountability partner, somebody that you are in with, that you can confess to one another, that you can help one another, that you can share the burdens with one another in life. And the third one, and this is one we don't think about often, the third one is a younger disciple that you can pour yourself into. You see, folks, that's where the ripple effect begins to take place because then we are sharing this good news that Jesus Christ has given us. So find that younger person that hasn't come as far as you, that doesn't have as much wisdom as you, and be accountable to one another. In reflecting about accountability, I think the best thing about genuine Christian accountability is that just like that night so many years ago in the car with my best friend traveling back to the scene of the crime, we're not all in this alone. And that's the good news. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have created us to be with one another. You have created us and your creation to all work together in Harmony. God, we ask that you would put those people in our lives that will hold us accountable. Those people that will ask us the hard questions. God, help us to seek out those others and build relationships so that we can become the best version of ourselves that you created us to be. And God, we pray for those this morning who may not have anyone to be accountable to, and thereby they go unseen in this world. We pray a special blessing on those this morning. All these things we ask in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Folks, the thing about transformation that comes with accountability is that you have to want to change. You have to tell somebody and you have to share the burdens and the celebrations. You have to share your aspirations and your hopes and your dreams with somebody. Stanley Hauerwas, a world-renowned Christian ethicist, he used to say, tell everyone that you're a pacifist because he says that way, when you get angry or when you want to commit violence, you have somebody there to remind you, no, wait, you can't hit me, you're a pacifist. And that's the way the transformation works with our accountability, is that we have to tell somebody. So I hope you find those people in your life, whether that is here at West, whether it's in one of the small groups at West, or whether it is someone else in your life but I encourage you because God never ever wanted us to be and to live alone. Go in peace.